0: poet Alfred Lord Tennyson once wrote For I have dipped into the future, far as human eye could see Saw the vision of the world, and all the wonders that would be The same could be said of the contributors to this final episode Food Think of Good All of whose voices will be familiar to you if you've listened to all four series of the podcast This week, you'll hear what they think the shape of the game will look like as the world emerges from the COVID-19 pandemic, and whether or not the future of Sabutio and table football in general is a healthy one. All that and more coming up in this final ever episode of Finger Flicking Good. Keep listening. I first came up with the idea for this podcast series after discovering the vibrant community that surrounded the game. Although I had played the game on and off since the 1970s I had had no idea that it had existed in so many different forms from stadium building to team painting. I certainly never knew that people collected and coveted the stuff and at the same time I knew that the pandemic we found ourselves in would one day end, sort of, and that the interest that had been generated by lockdown was never going to last, so therefore, I wanted to document the state of the game. In the last year, I've conducted interviews with many people within the Subutio community. Collectors, players, stadium builders and team painters. Those interviews concentrated mainly on the state of the game now. In this episode, I've asked them to dust off their crystal balls, spread out their tarot cards and talk about the future of the game. What interested me the most was her view on the resurgence of interest in the game during the global coronavirus pandemic. In the 18 months that that spectre of COVID-19 has haunted us, there has been a massive upsurge in collecting, stadium building, team painting and even playing, albeit in solo form. Although clubs are now starting to see an increase in members as restrictions ease and readjust to the new normal. Much of this resurgence in interest for the game was driven by some individuals within the online community, many of whom have done their best to support the continued interest in the hobby through difficult times. I wanted to know how some of these influencers, for want of a better word, saw the hobby developing as the restrictions eased. I started by asking the question that is currently on everyone's lips in the community. Can the game's interest survive the opening up of society? First up is Stephen Hurrell, who's contributed to all four series of the podcast and runs an influential Subutio online website. He also edits The Hobby, a magazine dedicated to the Subutio community. Here's his opinion of whether or not the game can survive the full opening up of society.
1: I think that's a big question because even the concept of the game means so many different things to different people. If we're talking about the Sabuzio brand, it's something that is, you know, under a lot of discussion at the moment. If it's the actual game people physically playing Sabuzio, then or table football, as it's probably known now, then I think it's it's going to be a really positive change. Um, for you know the best part of two years, people have been sort of cooped up and growing the collections and building the stadiums and playing on training pitches and things. And I think even now we're seeing so many people starting casual clubs, serious clubs, um, studio fairs, collector's clubs, all sorts of things are happening in the real world now. And I think that's only going to grow as the momentum builds, as more and more people get involved, as more and more really clever ideas take place on how to get people together and playing and selling and buying and everything else. Um, so I, th- I think there's a really positive future for, the game itself and, and, you know, the game or the sport, if you'd like to refer to it as that, of Subutio.
0: Not everyone within the community thinks that the growth has been in the playing of the game. Here's Fred Elishbow, who's on Twitter as at Fred Elishbow, on what he thinks has fueled the growth of interest in Subutio during lockdown.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I think we we can't... I think we overestimate the, the growth of Subutio during the pandemic, during the, the, during the lockdowns. Because people get bored. People get, uh, I don't know, they start missing things that they, they have done when, when they're youth when, when they're young. But they start buying stuff, but they're not actually playing the game. Right? It's still a game. People forget about it. It's, it's not. It's not a product. It's not something that. That's why I'm a little bit crit, uh, critical with this all collecting stuff. Yes, collecting is fun. It's good, but it has to be associated with playing the game, doing the activity. And if you can't do the activity, I'm sorry, you're not enjoying the game. That's what's called the game. It's the hobby is something that you have. If you're just collecting and buying stuff, uh, it's gonna come a point that you're gonna get bored. And even if you want to buy stuff, join a club so you can share <laughs> what you're buying, right? You, I don't know, build a museum, whatever, so other people can see it. And I, I'm, I have nothing against collecting. But if you're just collecting, it's not it's, it, that's not sustainable in the long run. Because what, how much can you buy, right? You can buy the whole thing and then that's it. You're not going to build a museum, are you? Like if everybody has their own museum, what, <laughs> what's the point? So I think we overestimate ourselves in this pandemic, say, oh yeah, we have a boom of the game. No, we had a boom of people buying products. They're not actually playing, they can't. They were isolating in their own houses. They, they're kind of painting, collecting, building stuff, but actually playing the game, meeting other people and let the ball roll, that, that didn't happen. So the pandemic was, was, was hard in any hobby because isolated people and people it was interesting in in, in in the long run.
0: So, if collecting has seen growth over the last eighteen months, what does the future hold for that particular side of the community? Here's one of the community's highest profile collectors, Paul Darks, who's on Twitter as Atsibutiopad with his take on the future, especially with regard to prices.
3: Uh, to be honest, uh, the prices is is not really moving, but price is not an issue for me. I don't care. Do you know what I mean? I don't. Um, but I do think that I have. I look on eBay a lot, uh, and I've seen more coming on. I think people have, who, who have had it through the lockdown are probably starting to sell their collections now. But they, you know they're getting good dough for it, and um, as I say, the money side is irrelevant to me. Um, but you gotta remember that I'm I'm a lock a, a purist whatever, and I I just think it, it's painting and all that, isn't it, the way forward now? People are getting the kits they want, um, and and, and just going that way because the old stuff, you know, it's still holding good price, and it, it's no good start collecting now. It's you probably missed the boat. you know what I mean? But I always try to encourage collecting and. But I think painting is the way forward. But you know, as much as I admire them guys, it's, it's just not for me. Um, so I, I would say that if you wanted to start collecting the original st- stuff, you know, you've just got to have big pockets because it's just commanding money still.
0: Ross Makovich, who is on Twitter as Brummy, is another collector who has strong views on the price of products currently available to the collector a good question.
4: I've noticed, like, I mean, at one point, prices across eBay for Subutio were, were was astronomical, to be fair, considering what, what prices were going for. I have noticed, like, that the prices have, have simmered down a little bit. Um, I think it did have a bit of a boom during lockdown, there's no doubt about that. And you still get the, the odd item on there that's overpriced, of course. But I think the, the collecting game will always be there. Um, if you've got a passion for it, if you've got a, if the hobby is there and and you you and want to collect, I don't think it will ever go. Um, but at the same time, I think people need there's a there's a ceiling value to the items as well. People are not going to pay over the odds. Um, I mean, I've got to that point. I haven't bought as much in the last two or three months just because I feel like my collection is is at a really good point at the moment. Um, if I see something that I really want of course I'll get it but I've, I've got to that point where I won't pay over the odds or anything like that I've done it for one or two items but I think I think the waiting game is the best thing just wait yeah, the, the, one of those items will always come up that you want I still want that league cup but I am not to pay hundreds of pounds for it and maybe who knows one day I might find it in a charity shop who knows but um, yeah the, the collecting game will always be there um, around um, and the fact that like the there'll be these more collector's fairs over the coming 12, 18 months, hopefully. Obviously, Subutio Fest happened two weeks ago and I know there was items being sold there and I saw some of the guys bought loads of great stuff off there for good value. So it will always be there and um, yeah, hopefully that continues.
0: Stuart Grant, aka the Subutio Collector, is someone you would expect to be banging the drum for collecting. But he's had a conversion of damaging proportions with regard to where he thinks the future of the hobby lies.
5: See, I think now I'd have given a different answer two years ago. If we hadn't had COVID and things hadn't panned out the way they'd gone, I'd have said, "Oh, it's definitely it's all through social media and it's all through collecting, and that's how we get people into it. That's how we get kids back into it." But recently, and it's going to sound like shameless plug, I've set up the I've set up the Casual Club, and generally getting around micro pubs and bars. And playing the game and talking to people and having that... Do you remember Subutio or people walking past the bar and seeing people playing Subutio? That is the way to get this game going again. Because from that aspect, people are like, oh, I've got this in my loft. Oh, do you remember the, the classic one people always say? is, Oh, do you remember the corner takers? And people start remembering and they start digging around in lofts and they start wanting to get involved and they ask to have a game in the bar. And I do think that playing the game... Out there in bars and pubs is the place to carry this forward. We can all say, oh, let's do a club in a country or a local community centre. But in a bar where people are walking past, I really do think that will grab the interest of people and remind people that they're still in the game. And we was outside where we play the other week. And I noticed this old boy, he probably wasn't at old in fairness. he's probably only in his sort of, I don't know, early 50s. But he was peering over with a massive grin on his face. And I said to him, Hey, do you want to come and play? With went, oh, I can't play. I can't play. I was like, well, "Do you remember? He was like, oh, that's why I'm watching. I remember playing this as a kid. And then talking to him, he started recounting what teams he had, the little league he used to play with his mates in the garage. And he was adamant that he was going to come back down one week and play with us once we told him he was there. And I generally think he was the type of person that just suddenly turned back into being an 11-year-old and wanted to then go and buy all the teams he's had. And just from that one interaction of seeing people playing, he could have got involved in the collecting community, the playing community, the fun aspects of it. But yeah, honestly, if you'd asked me two years ago, I'd have said, oh, it's social media, get the kids involved for that way, because that's what they do. But I generally think anyone who watches a game of a B played will happily want to get involved in it and ask more about it. Even if they don't know what it is, they'll ask more about it, and then they'll get involved that way.
0: When restrictions started to be lifted, there was always the danger that the Subutio lockdown bubble would eventually burst. People who had started buying vintage Cebutia would stop. those that had picked up a paintbrush would lose interest and put them down. Stadiums would remain half built, and solo competitions left unfinished. Even this podcast has suffered to a certain extent with downloads dropping after the second series. Lawrence Watson who was the first voice that was ever heard on episode one of this podcast, way back in series one, is another who asked the question online. Here he is talking about what he sees as a potential area of growth in the game post-lockdown.
6: Um, I, I, I did notice a drop-off. Um, and, and when I asked the question about the drop-off, I got a brilliant response. Um, And it seemed that everybody... Who I thought had dropped away and stopped following the, the channel or weren't weren't commenting on the channel. Um, I think they were always watching. Um, the, f- the figures mightn't have been as high, the comment section had made the been as, as big, but I think they were all they all came back and says no, we're watching, we're still we're still involved and okay, we're not playing as much. Um, so I think I think the the only side of the game that's going to suffer. Is the solo guys. I mean, I think the solo guys were were flourishing with being stuck in the house and having all this video and they were something that they had already done years ago. So for them there was a new community of solo players. Um but I think if we if we manage to convert any solo players to players, I think that's gonna keep the game going for the the people that are playing competitively. What I'm hoping is with the opening up of everything, the people will start going to clubs. You know, there, there's a chance now for them to go and visit a club, like going to Solent or going to um, Wolverhampton. And, and, you know, if, if they've never been to a club before, hopefully now that they have sat back for 18 months, watched what's going on with Suburio, um, seeing all these channels out there, all these different YouTube channels, all the different podcasts that are out there, you know, okay, they might have been collectors, but maybe some of them started playing or think, right, there's a club near to me. I'm going to go and play because maybe I'm getting fed up. Sitting. I've sat in the house for 18 months playing solo subudio Maybe I do need to get out and start playing it. Um, so I'm hoping. I, I mean, already, like I've said it before and I've touched on it before, that there's, there's players there that weren't playing who we I think we've converted to playing um, like Some of them are only playing with their sons, or their, you know, their father. Or they've got their father involved, and they're playing at home. They're not playing at a major competitive level. They're not planning to go to a club, but they're they're playing, you know. And if if that's happening, then I think there's a bit of a upsurge, and I think it it can, it can survive. Um. Carvin Towin, who made his debut on the
0: podcast earlier in this series in the episode on solo play, is another who like Lawrence. Thinks that real life will start to intrude.
7: Well, as a, an organizer of quite a big tournament, you know, in terms of workloads, uh, you know, my own World Islands tournament, it's, it's you know it's been a fair degree of administration. I think, as as you suggest, it was great as a lockdown hobby, uh, something to keep things going. But I've personally had to face that question. You know, I've uh, you know four or five people have, have drifted away from the, the tournament WhatsApp group. Um, you know, I've got work constraints on my own time and i've been very mindful you know with with the two or three people who've who've stayed with the group always to keep keep asking them you know how will this tournament be sustainable um you know in the future as 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 there are more demands on your time as well so it's a question that I'm, i'm always putting to my friends in in the group um and and yeah i think the numbers of games that we're playing has has Drifted downwards, I think. And I think it's a case of it's that decision, you know. I, th- I think it takes a conscious decision. Am I going to make time in my new schedule, in my new life, for Sabutio to happen? And it, and it actually is going to take people, and, you know, individuals are going to have to take that decision if, if tournament structures are going to um, last uh, into the future. I've taken the personal decision that my own World Islands Cup will continue. Uh, but um, it may be there may be fewer matches, maybe the tournaments will um, um, maybe into an acuter structure, perhaps that is less demanding on time. So I think that there are a lot of factors that that Sabutio organisers and, and Facebook groups and all the rest of it will will have to continue. I think it'll be continue. People have to continue to reevaluate that as, as time goes on.
0: Alan Crampton, who is on Twitter as at the beauty of passion, and who appeared in Series 2 on an episode all about stadium building, thinks the game will survive the opening up of society, mainly because the people in the community will now want to meet up and play the game.
8: Um, it, the, that's a tough one, and it's one I've thought about considerably. Um, and I mean, the, the truthful answer is, um, I don't know. Um t- uh, I have the horrible feeling that over time, um, when you know it's going to take a while for people to get um, back into the swing of um, normality, um, as it were. Um, and that I think there will be um, people that lose that interest again. Um, I hope and would think that um, it's going to keep hold of some. Um, and I know there's big determination from people like Justin Finch. Um, to try and get all aspects of Subutio, um, the different rules and the, di- the, the different types of Subutio interests, like players and collectors, etc., cetera, um, and painters, um, and uh, to try and get them all together. And if, if we can manage to do that, I think, um, I'm actually trying to um, get a fair going for, um, for October to bring some people together um, um, in my neck of the woods, and um, if, um, you know, if we can get that going um, across the country um, and maybe the um, our foreign friends, um, you know, might do the same. Obviously, it's, it's massive in Italy anyway, isn't it? Um, and I don't think um, it's going to affect them too much. Um, but over here in England, um, I don't know. I mean, it, it has gone massive. And um, I think... Uh, during the lockdown there was a lot of lofts cleared out and um, a lot of Subutio, um, uh was found in the lofts and um, w- rather than thankfully being thrown away it was uh, it was got out again and dusted down and played with and um, I'd love it to uh, to actually continue and for that interest to uh, to grow even further um, hopefully um, some of the guys myself who were so passionate with it, can give it a go. Chris Burford's giving it a go with his um, uh, with his little setup that he's got now um, at his workplace. Uh, and um, you know, the truth is, I've got, I can't really answer your question um, because I don't know. But I do hope that um, we're able to keep hold of some of the guys. Gareth Christie, who is on
0: Twitter as at flick for kicks, and runs a business making bespoke studio tables appeared in the first ever episode of this podcast. He believes that the online content creators have played a big part in keeping the game alive thus far, and that they will have just as important a role to play in its future development.
9: Um, I think interest, well, I think I think naturally a lot of the people that sort of started uh, started up playing during lockdown know Will kind of fall away from the game, and I I think you've seen it now actually as well. There's, remember seeing all the people are building up their stadiums and um, all their collections, and now it's sort of, seeing them being sold off in uh, in the sort of marketplace and eBay and what have you. Um, But in terms of playing, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I I think it's, I think it's going to, continue to gradually grow. I think what, what Lockdown has done is it had pe- people, aside from myself, there's, there's all the, you know, Stuart with this and and uh, Stephen with the Speak Online blog and the the Hobby magazine and Watson and Callum with um, Painting Tutorials and then there's Paul Eisen um, America with his tutorials as well and, um, you know, I think all this online content is where things are going for driving the game forward and You know, if we all keep creating content and um, pushing it out there, then, yeah, I think people people will keep discovering it and will naturally get interested in it, I think. So, um, yeah, hopefully it will keep going, yeah.
0: Jason Christopher, who has been a regular contributor to this podcast on everything from playing to stadium building and who is on Twitter as at ArgoTableSoccer, where he paints bespoke teams, is another who thinks the game will survive the ending of restrictions because, quite simply, it always has.
10: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think what what you have to remember is, that, I mean, certainly what I what I wasn't aware of um, during lockdown and before, I suppose, uh, for many years, that it it has been surviving. It has always been there, um, and that that's why you've got so many good players out there now um, you know I mean you've got you've got over a thousand players in the, in the, the world wasper rankings for example uh, and you've got so many people that have been playing it for all of that all of that time all the way through you've got some that have, have never stopped playing um, so I think it's always been there and I think it probably always still will be there and th- those that you know love it and want to play it will still carry on doing that those that have jumped on board because it was just nostalgic or something to do during lockdown um probably their passion won't be as high as everybody else so they'll they'll wane off but I think I think what this whole lockdown thing will have done it will have it will have somehow captured the imagination of people that weren't really involved with it before and that I think some of those will stay some of them will go but I think I think the scene is always going to be there. Particularly with, um, you know, with uh, sort of social media and all the all the stuff and all the things that you can see online, it will just it will just keep it ticking over. And those those that want to, you know, disappear from it will, and those that want to stay will stay.
0: Andre Mura, aka the Hybrid Man, who collects vintage Subutio and creates characters from popular culture using Subutio figures, is convinced that the game will always survive. Here he is
11: explaining what it is he thinks is a secret to its
0: success. Lockdown
11: precisely tells us this. Despite all the difficulties and all the diversities and prohibitions, interest has grown again. Unfortunately, we see that on eBay prices. But uh, post-lockdown we already see strong signs of people wanting to join. Clubs are forming, uh, tournaments one after the the other, and I believe the trend is to continue to grow in terms of numbers of practitioners and collectors worldwide. I am aware that in the southern European country, like Portugal, associativism is bigger in each neighborhood. In each street there is a club, an association, which brings together people from the neighborhood uh, whether it's ping-pong, chess, futsal, football. And in Portugal, Subutu is no different, having even recently two great football clubs in Portugal, Benfica and Sporting Lisbon, joined the game and created federated Subutu teams to compete in the official championships. Although I think it will always have a slow adherence, I believe that the survival of the game will not be jeopardized. And in addition, its greatest strength, which for me is the big reason why Subutio will still go on, is that Subutio is just the best and versatile miniature replica of the greatest game sport in the world of all time, that is football. Martinog Bradley, one of the hosts of the Subutio Fantasy
0: Football Show and who is on Twitter as has a much more cynical view of the lockdown and the so-called boom in Subutio. He deserves much of his scorn for those who rediscovered the game in lockdown and then abandoned it as soon as the restrictions started to be lifted. Trigger warning Some of the following comments listeners may find offensive.
12: Yes, I do. Shit, about I call this from day dot. See, as soon as all this. Look at that Facebook, man, it's ridiculous. See, as soon as all this. uh video revival, all these boys and their reference numbers and. Uh, do you know what I mean? eBay prices some fucking ropey old lightweight team on eBay was going for.
11: I predicted this
12: way back. All these boys locked struck. People all of a sudden, I don't know what they were doing in the first place, but had nothing to do with themselves. When lock, when lockdown happened here, okay, the only thing that changed in my life was I couldn't go and play out Sebelio. Couldn't go and play video. That was it. All I do is go to and uh, Man, in, we had to work through key worker. Thank you for all the claps, folks. We had to work. So I never stopped working. I was still at work. I was still getting the groceries on a Saturday. Yeah, and that's it. You know, the only thing missing for me was Sabudio. Oh, these guys must have, I don't know what they were doing, man. They must have had the most fulfilled lives imaginable. They must have been really ripped the rest Western world and gone out partying every night of the week and nonstop. I don't know what 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 is what could you not do? There's very little you could do habitwise, is there? Cycling, I don't know. So anyway, they're locked up, they're fed up. It's like everybody going and getting cycling machines and treadmills. You know, we are early they now? They're on the the garden. These dudes went up the roof space, man, they, they were fed up, bored, locked down, go out, couldn't handle it, couldn't hand couldn't just settle themselves in the house and watch a TV and you know, drank too much wine like the rest of us. They went looking, went looking for something, and they, they happened across Severeo. I remember, oh, I used to love Severeo. and then they can't go, you because it's all lockdown. So it's all about the collecting, and oh, I want a collection, and it's the postman and Amazon had a field day during lockdown. Parcels galore, so and the buzz getting a parcel in the door during that, you know, there's big grown men now disposable income they never had when they were children up building stadiums painting down their nose at other people in the community it's all about their reference numbers and oh looking at us playing and saying oh that's not real suburbio. and then lo and behold one day comes lockdown's over Boris Johnson's let you all back out again and they're, they're like Wayne's and it's stopped raining and they've left their suburbio on the living room floor and they've run straight out the door to play real football fuck off i they I knew that was going to happen, There, It's gone sh- straight down the cheddar, every one of them. I knew it. Some people, not all of them. But again, this is Subudio all over. Very, very, very few, few, a minute proportion of all that collecting, painting up crowd have joined clubs. They're going to stick it out. They're the boys that are in Subudio. It's one thing getting in there. I'm a wild man for, if I get into something new, all in. If I really enjoy it, I'll go all in. But there's very little that lasts the distance. So videos, really part of my DNA, man. I've never known a world where there wasn't Sabideos. My dad had it. My uncle Michael had it. Everybody I knew growing up had it. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm now sitting getting interviewed with you and my Sabideos shed. You know this. This is this is the dream I had when I was a child, and here I am on it. It's in my DNA. I'll never lose it. But then, boys, pfft, no, it's just a. It's just something they do when they were fed up during lockdown. And of course they were going to go, and they did go. And I don't care. I couldn't. I mean, does anybody really care? It annoyed me. It annoys me when you have them sort of boys saying, "Oh, that's not real Sabudio." And they're like, oh, look at that. Oh, that's not video." We had a boy come to a competition with us in Dublin. And he landed we with uh, an old, wobbly video team. And he actively looked down his nose and he went, oh, oh, what's that? That's not Superio. Do You know what I mean? I thought, fuck off, buddy. But he was lovely fellow. Anyway, it turned out in the end. He soon gave up the old video. But that's what that, I call them the space crowd. Because that's where he went. And that's where all this, or they're trying to sell it on eBay again. Their wife has what they spent during the months of lockdown. They've got their credit card balled on and she's like, "What? Well, what's eBay? What's all this in eBay? And then somebody saw all these toys and she goes off her fucking head. Off her head. We've rent they pay, we've groceries they buy. The car's broke and you're, you're, you're spending hundreds of pounds in bloody, plastic terraces and we men, get lost. So that's what happened to all that crowd. Back up the roof space. And now they buy it off on eBay. The price, they think, oh, I bought this for £50. I need to make my money back, so I'm selling it for £60. And then other people are saying, well, I'm not paying £60 now. I'm trying to get rid of my own stuff. So you've all these prices on eBay sitting high in the hunt selling. And It'll all go into landfall. It'll all go to landfall. That's what'll happen. The boys may maybe in their 50s now. For And another 20, 30 years, they all start dropping off. Their wains is selling the houses and they go up the roostbus and they just get a skip and they just hoof everything on the skip. Don't care what's there.
0: Paul Darks, on the other hand, is delighted with the interest in collecting that has grown in the last 18 months. He thinks it will have a knock-on effect in getting new people into the hobby. And for him, that can only be a good thing.
3: Well, it's just the growth, isn't it? It's the growth, the way people have embraced it. And, you know, as I say, lockdown just sent it way, way over the top. And so I, I, I would say personally... Um, the highlight is just to hear and, you know, people saying, like, you know, I'm getting my collections from out the loft. I look, you know, when I look on social media, people saying oh, I've got some of that in the loft and they go and fetch it. And I just think that, that for me, I think it, it's made people more aware of Subutio now. Um, and it, as I say, it's just, it, it's still growing. It's getting bigger and bigger. You know, everybody, they're doing these clubs now and everything. It's, for the highlight for me, would definitely be that more people are getting into it. And that's all I want. to. I want more people to get into it so that it doesn't die.
0: Eighteen months after arriving on our shores, COVID began to disappear as the efficacy of the vaccine began to fight back against the virus. The restrictions that had been imposed started to be eased and the Subutio community could come back, blinking into the sunlight once more. For me... The highlight of the last 18 months has been the sense of community that has been built in that time. When I first started the podcast, it was designed to be for the community, about the community and by the community. And on all three counts, it has exceeded my expectations. In the beginning, I thought I would be simply making contacts and interviewing people. But a year later, I now realize that I have made friends and had chats with them. I asked our contributors what for them had been the highlight of the last 18 months. First up, it's Stephen Hurrell.
1: I, I think, I mean, there are two things really from a community level, that the, the sense of community that is built up around the game. You know, um, there are a lot of people know a lot more people to do with Subutio. And I think, you know, everybody who is involved in, whether it's collecting or playing or stadium building or solo playing, um, everybody has got, real life you know there are people in the community who are not well at the moment and are having hospital visits who's you know potentially families need looking after who have been in lockdown who've been shielding and isolating and you know everyone's got a job or a family or a pet or something to look after and I think the real positive has been that you know everybody's found this little bit of time this little bit of space um to sit down with this really fun little hobby um just relax de-stress enjoy it talk to like-minded people um, and it's people from all walks of life from all over the world, you know, people in Italy and America and Australia have been involved. Um, it, it's been it's been a real, you know, a very quick growing community and it's got that real community feel. Um, and it just has given everybody a little bit of a break from real life. I think it's been a real positive. Um, another thing that I've noticed, which I, I've really, really enjoyed, is that Subutio has become really cool. Now, I'm not saying it was never cool, um, in the first place. But what I've noticed is all of these sort of hipster football magazines, all of you know, um, all of these websites and blogs and things like that, are now using image imagery that you know that famous silhouette of the rounded base and the player figure. Um, you know, it was on it was on posters in pubs during the Euros. Four Four Two magazine has written a, a feature about it. When Saturday Comes magazine has written a feature about it, it's it's become this sort of iconic thing that people are really enjoying that people are using as a sort of you know a cool hipster football brand and i don't think anybody really foresaw that when sweetio was relaunching again and again over the last you know couple of decades um i don't think anyone foresaw that this little sort of tacky children's toy which is what a lot of the new sweetio is will become this really sort of you know cool as i say hipster type brand and and is used in artwork across all sorts of different things which i've really enjoyed to see
0: Andre Moura is another who has loved seeing the growth in the community, and in particular, the rapid increase in online content that got him through the difficult times of lockdown. But before discussing that, he told me about a more personal highlight for him in the
11: last 18 months for the past 18 months allowed me to divide this question in two parts one personal and one about the sabutio community the personal which i spent most of the lockdown unemployed because i took the leap of faith and decided to leave a toxic uh, work environment well before imagining that in two months time a lockdown would appear that no one uh, had any idea what uh, it would cause and later what to expect from the future, here enters you which despite uh, I'm a, priv- a privileged guy uh, with some financial and, and family stability, Subuti was indeed a savior for the mine in the most difficult and least hopeful days. It allowed me to have some sanity or not, sometimes, but to complete a handful of projects which I had in my drawer for over two years, such as the cyclists' sprint and the nozzle hybrid teams as it allowed me to create new collections and figures that were popping into my mind. In terms of community, uh, highlight the having connected, getting to know a lot of people. For example, the work and even has having asked Gareth at Flix for kicks for his services that made me a fantastic five-side table, the Hybridium. Of course, the Subutu Online Hobby Magazine that I hope will last for a long time and keep bringing and share news and stories from the world of Subutu. Uh, the shows by the guys from Netflix, uh, the Fantastic Stewart, who is the star and new ambassador for the game. Uh, the duo of the Big Watsi and the Star Matt Inok, at Watsi's subuti show, which I looked forward to see each week, and having uh, known so many people on their Instagram and Twitter pages that helped it to get through the the lockdown, uh, like Kolorfields, Subuti Galicia, Subuti Legends, Subuti Podjob, Subuti Icons, uh, the boys from State of Buildings, so many people that it's hard to list them and unfair to to mention mention all.
0: Being part of something, getting to know people in the community has been the highlight for Paul Pearson. Here he is explaining what the last 18 months have meant to him.
13: Um, I'd say the highlight is being made to feel part of something. Um, Now, through my own business, um, I've got to know a lot, lot of people, um, you know, I've got a, a good regular customer base, um, people that, you know, I do them teams. And then a couple of weeks later, they come back and order more for me to do for them. Um, and you know, I, 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 I say to, to my family that if ever I'm feeling a little bit sort of you know, not at the races, shall we say, not not on top form. Um, I I look back at some of the messages that I get from people when that when they've received their teams. And it um it makes me, you know, feel good about it and it makes me wanna keep doing it. Um so there's that side of it, you know, from a that's mainly an online perspective that I'm getting to know people and, and being part of something. And then, you know, I've I've mentioned to people that joining the club is one of the best things I've done in a long time because, you know, it's, again, feeling part of a group and taking time out from your daily grind and just having a few hours with like-minded people flicking little plastic men about is brilliant. You couldn't ask for more than that.
0: For others... The highlight has been remarkably similar. Here's Jason Christopher, followed by Ross Makovic, explaining how good it feels to them to have the game back in their lives.
10: Uh, I suppose the, the big thing is is just to have it back in my life, I think, more than anything. Um and as you know I've got I've got the two aspects well, three aspects if you include the, the playing side, I've got the painting, I've got the stadium and I've got the club as well. Um I'm quite I'm quite proud of the fact that I've got like a little cottage industry now um, that's that's really nice um, I get a lot of a lot of um, good feedback from that um, and I get as much pleasure out of painting a team for a customer than I do out of any other aspect of it um, and again I, I you know just Playing as well, playing is is great. Um, The competitiveness is back, I think. Um, But what I don't do now as an adult is I don't take it too seriously as I did when I was a kid in terms of the, the competitive play. But yeah, I'm enjoying every aspect of it, I have to say. And the community as well. I mean, obviously when we were kids, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have all of these podcasts. We didn't have YouTube and all that kind of stuff. The community aspect has, has been good, but the most positive thing for me to come out of it, I think, is is Argo Table Soccer and uh, having this little cottage industry where I'm I'm challenged to paint all different types of teams for different people. It's great,
4: without doubt. Getting back into the collecting aspect because I. Um... When I spoke to you before uh, on your on your podcast, I said like I went into my loft and I got it all out at the start of lockdown uh, about 18 months ago, which is crazy. don't seem that long ago now. But um, the fact that I got it all out and I've actually got a room in my house now dedicated to it. I've got my whole football collection here. So, Beauty you know, Corinthian Pro Stars, football shirts, you name it. Literally everything and anything. Um, and the fact that I've been adding to that collection over the course of those 18 months as well, um, buying bits and bobs that I never had, Actually, getting like grandstand that I never had that I always wanted things like that, really. Um, I think it rediscovered my love for for it. Um, and as we said before, but when you grow up, um, you kind of fall not fall out of love with Sabuto, but it, it kind of drifts away because you, you go, you've got other interests and hobbies. But um, it rekindled my love for it. Um, and that's the biggest takeaway for it for me because now I don't think it will ever go away, I think it's here to stay now for me. The fact that I've got those social media channels, the fact that I've made friends across them as well, like yourself, getting to know people, actually broadening my knowledge onto Beauty Island, and, and stuff that I never really knew about. Like, it, it's, it, it, it's got me to a point now where I've got a baby now. and No doubt when he grows up, I'll be giving this collection to him. Um, so I think it's, that's the beauty of it for me. It's very my love for it, and I think it's here to stay.
0: Craig Stewart. Who plays his Sibuto at the Daddy Table Football Club in Northern Ireland, and who we last heard explaining how Subutio got him through the Troubles, is another who is excited about the resurgence of the game in lockdown, and in particular the increased interest in joining clubs.
14: Yeah, I've sort of noticed that myself, a real resurgence of the interest in Sibuto. I've seen it sort of starting to kick off again, and it just it it, it just it gives me such a warm feeling to see that to see the game starting to rise up gradually out of the ashes. It's, it's, it's just, it's fantastic. From where it was in the sort of early 90s, in the mid 90s, to how it's sort of resurging now and the competitions around Europe and the world and through COVID and stuff. And now, because the restrictions are starting to lift, people, for example, the perfect example was Colm, who came up uh, to Colm Gallagher, who, who came up to our competition and i've no doubt after watching him play <laughs> he was fantastic you know um that, that he he it's it's gonna it's gonna hook him in just like it's hooked me and everybody else in. you know there's no doubt about that i, I can see it in him and there's no doubt that it's gonna hook a lot more people in and, and i'm just all i'm saying is watch this space in our club because the interest we have uh, with people emailing us and come up play and with the, ad, you know, a lot of people don't do the advertising that we do as a club, you know, and they don't invest the time and that, that's credit to Lawrence and, and Martin for, for doing that every week. Um, So all I can say is it, it, it's just, it's brilliant to see everybody starting to contact the club and, and sort of go on and I, you need to ask Lawrence, I'm not sure what he's up to now in his podcast. I, I think it's because of three or four hundred people watching a show, you know. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it's brilliant. So just keep it coming. Keep the interest coming for for the club. And um, sky's the limit for Subutu in, in the next couple of years, as far as I'm concerned. His namesake and Derry City club mate, Simon Stewart, who
0: we last heard from in the episode on mental health, is another who is delighted with the upsurge in interest in the hobby, although he is a little more sceptical about its sustainability. In addition, as a player, he has struggled through lockdown to find a highlight.
15: What has been the highlight of the last 18 months? I don't know. Perhaps maybe more people becoming interested in the game, uh, but it remains to be seen how far they'll take that or whether they'll persevere with playing Uh, but basically that, the fact that there's perhaps more people interested in Zipudio than there was before lockdown, but for me there hasn't really been a highlight because we haven't been able to meet and play and without meeting and playing I don't really see much of a point I understand people like collecting and solo play, like I said, I think I've said before it's not really my thing Uh, so I don't know. I, I I I don't really see much of a highlight over the past eighteen months. I think it's been a bit a bit sad, really.
0: Stuart Grant has both personal and communitarian highlights from the last eighteen months. Here he is explaining how he thinks a lockdown has developed a game for him both personally and for the wider community as a whole.
5: Oh, per. per this is going to sound really selfish. Personally, for me. It'll be be the views and the subscribers. My channel flourished. It really, really flourished during during the first main lockdown when people get back into it. My channel grew and grew and grew. But then from it growing, that's me being selfish, being all about the views. But from it growing, I've met loads of different people. I've got involved in doing the podcast. Doing the podcast, the Netflix show with the boys has been absolutely fantastic. Because from there, we've we're developing this ultimate set that we want to put the money together for charity for. It's ended up me, them talking to me and people saying play more than me setting up a club. So just for me, the community coming together. Forget everything I've said about me being selfish. For me, it's the community coming together and growing as one getting bigger. The playing community is now interacting with the collecting community. The collecting community is now looking at the players going back out and playing. So we want to get involved and play again. This community has really grown during this 80 months and there has been. There's been a lot of people recently that you can see they're selling up lockdown collections and they built a stadium during lockdown and now they're selling it. But I think of all the people that got involved in it, at least 80% are still involved. And they do want to play and they do want to collect. And from there, it can only grow on further. The community has grown massively. And it is, it's one of the good things to come out of COVID. It's not been the best year and a half or two years, has it? But on the collecting side of things, it, it, it's really grown. And we can't moan about that at all. The community is great now. What a community we've got.
0: As we emerged from lockdown, my worry was that the game would struggle to move on and grow. I need not have worried. The growth and interest in the hobby and in particular the host of new clubs that have opened up in the last few weeks alone has been encouraging here's Stephen Huddle again on how he thinks the game will grow after society has opened up fully
1: i I think the important thing and that is that you know there are still people buying those collections um i I do think it can continue to grow. I think you know like everything it 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 needs nurturing and it needs you know. A lot of people pushing in the right way and moving the right way and and publicizing it in a positive way. Um, I I don't see it getting any less popular. I think, you know, as I say, it's become this really nice brand and it's become this really nice community. And I think there's always going to be people who want to join that and want to be involved. Um, I think people will continue to play. I think people will continue to collect, continue to build. Um, I think as long as the curve is going upwards, you know, as people get bored and sell the collections, as long as there's more people coming in, and giving it a look and giving it a go then you know it will obviously continue to grow
0: craig stewart is another who thinks the hobby is in rude health and that the future will include all aspects of the game and that clubs in particular should be embracing all those different strands of the sabutio community here he is explaining his vision for how this will work in the future
14: yeah well as i say that's where myself and the likes of Martin and, and and Lawrence and some other ones in the club. This is this is one of the this is one of the discussions that we've had and that we debate about. And me and Martin are sort of opposite sides of the coin on this. Where sabudio is not just about playing the game and not just about competitive play. Sabudio, the way I look at it, is sabudio is it's not just one dimensional it involves as far as i'm concerned subido involves everything it involves you know it involves the collecting community uh, the stadium building community uh, which i'm a part of as well i'm a big collector and I'm not, I'm not just a player so i would be probably more of a collector and um, you know my subido stadiums are on youtube um and actually, next year, I plan to go to the Collector's Fair in, in Sheffield. That's held sort of on a six-monthly basis. As soon as that goes up again, I'm going to break, bring a suitcase and sort of buy and sell stuff and swap stuff. So, I, I, I'll you know, as far as I'm concerned, they should never be left behind. And maybe us as a club, we should start looking into maybe introducing that side of the community as well in and do maybe... Well, if anybody's going to endorse it, it's going to be me. So I'm going to take the lead on this because Martin and Lawrence just aren't interested in, in that side of things. So I would maybe talk about having a having a you know maybe a, a like a like a collector's net or something, and and maybe people bringing up their stuff and sitting over a few beers and bringing out their their collection and 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 just you know like the old trade cards used to get, just swapping teams and buying teams and bringing a few quid up with you selling a few things and buying a few things and if you're playing competitions in the club why not when not bring some of that um, set of things into it as well and um, bring a bag of uh, just bring a bag of your kit up and and sort of swap and buy and sell um, so I, I would I would definitely endorse that you know I'm a big collector and, and I always have been uh, I go on to eBay on a regular basis so I'm hoping that that side of the Subiru community isn't isn't lost I I, I think you is is every dimension? I I I think it actually involves music as well. You know where it, there's certain certain genres that are directly associated with Subudio, You know, sort of uh, the old sort of the old sort of rock, punk, the old sort of Brit punk, uh, indie music. You know, and clothing as well. Um, I'm a big sort of you know I buy Subudio clothes. Um, I listen to the, the, the sort of music and if you if you involve all those aspects and bring them all together it's just one big happy family and it should never be one dimensional as far as i'm concerned
0: but it's not just craig who's enjoyed seeing other parts of the hobby enjoying growth during the pandemic here's gareth christie echoing craig's thoughts on the multifaceted nature of the subutia community and how they need to grow in the future as well mm.
9: Um, I think I think it's actually just seen all the Facebook groups pop up, um, all the just seen the the interest from lots of different sort of age groups and different um, aspects of the game. So um, you know, obviously, we've got your casual players and so, uh, solo players, um, and then there's painting groups and the stadium builder groups, and um, yeah, it's just seen all these. People getting interested in the hobby in different ways I think it's been fascinating to, to see that it still has so much to offer um, for people in different ways so that's yeah that's kind of been the biggest thrill for me I think
0: John Lennon once sang imagine there's no heaven I wonder if you can now I can't imagine a world with no subutio it's been a constant in my life but one day like crystal radios and compact cassettes, it may come to an end. To finish up this episode, I'm going to ask some of our contributors to gaze into their crystal balls, spit out their tarot cards, and look into the remnants of their teacups to give me one prediction about the future of Subutio or table football, good or bad. First up is Paul Darks, who thinks that the game will keep going, but in the long run, It hasn't got a future. I
3: think it will. I think it will because, as I say, there's more clubs, isn't there, now? And people, you know, people want to have a go and want to play and they want to collect. And so I think it will grow, but it's going to, it will eventually stop because I can't see myself. I can't see young kids, you know, young kids that have been brought up with FIFA and actual soccer and all that. I, I just can't see them. Carrying it on, it will die. It, it, it will die. Um, but as long as if we can try and get youngsters into that, that's what we've got to do: is get youngsters involved because it's just it's a generation. You know, if, if you if you could pick an age group where you know Sabuio is most appreciated now, I would say it would be. I would say it'd be for like the forty to sixty age group. So eventually. That's gonna that's gonna die out, isn't it? You know, it may take a few years, but it will die, it will die out because I don't think kids of today are interested in it. We need there's not enough. I know we've got a few young people interested in it, but there's not enough. So with these with these clubs starting up, it's encouraging because that, you might get the odd kid that say yeah I'll have a go at that. But my honest opinion is, I just think most kids won't. There's better things.
0: Phil Barsden, who runs the a Alive and Flicking Facebook page and appeared in an earlier episode of this series about solo play, is another that thinks the long-term future of Subutio is bleak. In fact, unlike Paul, he already
16: thinks it's in something of a decline.
13: Oh,
16: um, I think I think some people, you know, I've already seen it already. Um, some people have... You know, I've gone on to join uh, tryout clubs and things, which which is great. So hopefully they go enjoy it and it's what what they're looking for. So hopefully, you know, the club side will grow because I know that's important because I'm very much, you know, for me, anything that's involved in the hobby, sometimes that can feel as a bit of um, not a conflict, but a bit of, you know, I'm into Fist if I don't see the point of solo or I'm a solo player and believe, you should be played like table, you know, like football, but on your table. So fistive is a completely different game. So they don't, they don't appreciate any side of that. I can appreciate all sides of it. It's just I particularly like the creating football on your on your tabletop the best you can. And um, I think the other thing I've seen is unfortunately some people who got into it during lockdown know that real life has come back in and jobs and stuff, have sadly then drifted away and it's gone back to. Been been stuck in the loft, or they've, I've even seen people selling everything that they've bought over over lockdown. So it's, it's, I think it's tough to say. I know personally, for me, I will now make sure it stays as part of part of my my life because for 30 years I didn't didn't do it, and I think it's given me something that that is me time and something something to do. Um, but I'd like to hope that it continues to you know people continue to take interest in it. Just don't know if it will get. Younger people back interested in it. Just from my personal experience, my with my two boys, and um, so I don't know if there's a future beyond us. Beyond us, you know, I'm I'm in my forties. I know some people in the thirties, but I don't know what will happen once uh, once we stop playing, kind of thing.
0: If the game is to have a future, it needs players, and in particular, young players. Alan Crampton. Who is on Twitter as Passion and has appeared on previous episodes on stadium building and solo play, can speak to personal experience here. Here he is describing how a new generation of players might be emerging, albeit on a rather small scale.
8: My grands- um I've got my grandson up in Skegness. He's playing with his dad now. My son, um, he's uh, he's been playing with his uh, with dad. I sent I sent them up a Sobuio set um in the post and um they've been playing regularly so um hopefully that will um will get them playing more and uh, you know they're only um they're not even teenagers yet so uh they they love it so hopefully um they'll keep going but uh, they they do keep going back to their fifa and their football manager and stuff so uh it's a question of how long can we keep it up
0: Despite his initial pessimism about the future of the game, Phil Marston is another who would love to see it being played by a new, younger generation.
16: Yep, so one thing I'd like to see with review is that people are continuing to play it, and they somehow find a way to connect with the younger people as well, so that they're picking it up and playing it, and that would be great great to see. I think they just kind of just hit the, just missing the mark a little bit at the moment. So it would be nice to see, um, even you know, even if it, it's never going to take over computer games, but it'd be nice if, you know, some children just pick it up. I know from my experience, my, my son had his birthday party at home and he had a sleepover. I got the a one and said, do you want a game? And then I know then one of his friends then asked for it as his birthday present. He's great. But it would be nice if there was a good, um set of players and things that they could get like what we had when we was when we was children Um so that will, that's what i'd like to see is that people kids are still getting it or younger people are still getting into it and it continues to be around for a lot for a long time
0: carwin terwin would love to see the game played by a new generation of younger players and he has quite a novel way of getting them interested in the hobby
7: Whatever happens, as, as one of your previous podcasts was discussing, um, I think it has to involve young people at some level. And I'm thinking, wouldn't it be nice to have some sort of Subutio expo um, where there is some sort of organisation, and, and that could involve a whole load of things so the cottage industry stuff you know the traders you know basically a massive subutio you know my dream i think would be a massive subutio fair held at you know the london excel or the glasgow national exhibition center or the you know uh, the Birmingham uh, arena where you've got a whole plan you've got you've got the um the traders the painters um you've got people a bit like me the geeks who who sort of set up and run tournaments perhaps you know you've got your fantasy solo people there you've got people who um are creating tournaments and whatever happens that, that there is some sort of entry level facility there you know for young people people to bring their children um to get a first taste of the game so so somewhere where absolutely everyone is brought together um and also possibly something like geocaching, where you've got a national you know got, got a big global network um, where you, you know potentially you can set up your own leagues where you can um, com- you know compete for online um, virtual souvenirs perhaps. Um, so, so taking a look at something like geocaching, like these sort of virtual based fantasy games where people can opt in, can opt out, and perhaps some sort of central web portal. Um, you know which includes a bit of community as well but some, some you know statistical databases so so that's sort of universal center point whether that's a physical thing in the, you know the Birmingham National Arena or something like geocaching.com where you know an internet platform that holds everything together holds all the aspects of the game together um, where people can come and go um, you know virtually if, if, if not physically I, I don't know if that makes sense
0: Andre Moura thinks that parents from this current generation of players can do their bit to get their children playing the game and try to secure for it the future
11: it deserves i also believe that sabutu can be for the most part a hobby game sport for people over thirty forty years old today kids have a lot of uh, stimuli different among them f- faster and it's up to us especially parents to perpetuate this little bug in, in their heads of the youngest to show the game before uh, puberty. I believe that later on, when their life is most stable, routines made, friends selected, the uh, subwood so you need uh, will will appear. If the game isn't going to be played
0: by the young, then even to survive beyond the next 20 years, it will need to attract new players. Clubs, therefore, will be the future. And Elliot Belfontaine, who appeared on the recent episode on competitive play and is one of the UK's best young players, Things that the club seem more grow.
10: I'd say yes. Um I think <laughs> I know lockdown was terrible, but it has had a positive effect on CTO because there's been a lot more time spent in um improving it and getting clubs started up. Especially with Alan Lee, he's started so many clubs up and helping people out. But I think once people start playing at a club seeing the social side of things, they'll they'll not want to stop. It's it's something where you can go out, even for a few people, get out of the house for a night in a month or every few weeks and meet up with people, have a drink, have a few games. It's, it's definitely going to have a positive effect, I think.
0: Like Elliot, Gareth Christie firmly believes that clubs will play an important role in the continued existence of the hobby. But he believes it won't necessarily be in the area of competitive play that this will take place.
9: Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I mean, certainly down in England, they've been doing really well with this, particularly Alan Lee's been putting in great work um, get helping to get lots of clubs started. But yeah, I, th- I think with the pandemic, you know, more than anything, it's, it's shown us that despite all the digital stuff we have these days, uh, there's still something to be said for that. Meeting up with your mates face to face, having a, a blader, game us a bit you, and uh, yeah, just having a chat. And um, you know whether you take the game super seriously or if it's just like a, a casual game, I think yeah, it's that human connection is is what we all need. I think it, yeah, the pandemics really highlighted that. So um, yeah, I think clubs clubs are going to become more important and. Um, yeah, I, th- I expect to see some sort of more casual clubs popping up like that. Um, I don't know whether whether they'll last. I don't know, but I hope so. I think with the, there there seems to be a good bit of momentum at the moment. Um, yeah, in terms of competitive play, mm, uh, I'm not I'm not too sure. Um, for me personally, I'm, I'm finding finding myself moving more away from the super competitive festive tournaments. I kind of like fell out of it a little bit um a few years ago and wasn't really enjoying it anymore. I just found it a bit too sort of cutthroat. Um and yeah, I was just more interested in actually seeing people and um yeah, having a chat in a, a more of a friendly game, but still competitive. But yeah, you know, there's no uh, win at all costs kind of stuff. So um
0: Simon Stewart thinks that Subutio will continue to have a future, especially at club level, but he believes the authorities that run the game have a part to play here, and he's not entirely sure that they're up to it.
15: I think it'll it'll bubble up, uh, the The bubble will expand, uh, I think more clubs are popping up. Uh, I've seen one in Essex, I think, pop up, which is great, from Subutio Collector Guy, I think that's great, lovely initiative. Hopefully, you'll get some new players along and it's not too serious and they're newcomers. Uh, And maybe when the competitions start back again soon, which they are starting to, more people will start to attend. uh, uh, And it'll grow again. But again, without without (laughs) trying to be too pessimistic, I see the bubble contracting again and people will lose interest. And uh, I just hope maybe that the authorities in charge of Sabudio, you know, put a bit of effort into trying to get the grassroots. I think the ESA has done some good work in trying to bring the different strands together with their Sabudio fest or whatever it is. Uh, but, you know, and we'll see how that goes. So hopefully maybe they can start to bring those strands together. Uh and move
0: forward. Lawrence Watson thinks that Subutio needs an injection of celebrity appeal. Here he is making his bold prediction about
6: the game's future. One prediction for Subutio in the future. Somebody, somebody is going to play it at a profession at, at a celebrity level. You know, somebody, somebody's going to catch on. To. I mean, if somebody took it up the way Buffon, Buffon plays it in Italy, Buffon's like a, a mad collector and plays it and everything else and is the end of the game. If somebody done that from the Premier League, one of the big players in the Premier League, took it on and played it, you would see a massive boom in the game. I mean, I don't think there's going to be a massive boom from the supply, the, the makers of Superio. It's at It would need somebody to come in and buy it over and revamp it. Um. But I think there's going to be somebody that's going to play it and it's going to just change the game. I always said it like on the show um, if David Beckham went on Instagram with Subudio set and said he was playing it in his house, the world would go crazy for it. It just takes that one person to catch on. Um, so if that happens, I think Subudio will go through the roof. But the thing is, there's nobody out there supplying the stuff for demand if that was to happen. So it would be like Hasbro would have the you'd be ending up with people trying to play with these subido sets that they're releasing at the minute, which are absolutely garbage. Um so I mean I mean there's stuff out there for people, you know, wobbly hobby or whatever mm-hmm. selling on the, the extreme work stuff and stuff like that. There's great figures and bases and pitches out there if you go in bed. But in terms of ground level and getting it in the shops, the stuff that out is out there at the minute's not great. So I think there will be a, a massive boom in it. That, that that would be my one prediction.
0: Ross Makovic believes that the game will survive and like Lawrence he doesn't see the brand riding to its rescue anytime soon but rather the community itself.
4: I think it's here to, I think it's here to stay now. I think the I think it's had its resurgence. I I, I can't see it wavering. But, I mean Sabuto as a company need to do more. There's no doubt about that. I I think it's interesting that there was a big kind of furore on Twitter recently saying, people questioned saying, why, is, why have you gone quiet? You've advertised this new pitch that he was going to be releasing. We hadn't heard anything about it. So I think they need to do more. The onus needs to be on them because they're they. To be fair, the people on Twitter and stuff like yourself and Stuart and the likes, it's like, are like ambassadors for the game, but superior themselves and not doing themselves any favours. Um, So they need to do more. Um, There's no doubt about it because we need to know new products are coming out. We need to know um, if the game is going to survive. That they need to be doing something about it. But it'll always be there on social media, and obviously putting together and people will be putting together these fairs and events. So it will it will always be there, and I don't think it will ever die off. But I think the company itself just needs to. Maybe have just a bit of appreciation for the community, and just and just and and just kind of like give us some updates, let us know what's going on, because they've got that. They, they, I don't think they know how lucky they are that they've got such a passionate community out there, and they're not using using them. So they need to do more with that. And I think hopefully, if that does happen, whether they start getting their act together, then hopefully it will, it will start picking up again. But the community will always be there, um, and. That's the main thing, really. Just stick together.
0: Trevor Cowdery, who appeared earlier in the series talking about his solo play, would love the game to have a future that took it back to what it was like when he was a kid. But he's not holding his breath.
17: Uh, I think it started to decline already, to be fair, which is sad to say. I mean, people came back because of COVID. And... Yes, I would love to see it come back and be uh, a popular sport and be in the shops and uh, and around and a visual thing instead of uh, you have to go hunting things. It's like this week I bought uh, from Cebuto Asylums uh, some 3D replicas of the League Cup, FA Cup, World Cup, etc. And for mini soccer builds, I got uh, the, the tunnel to go on my Zugo Stadium. So... And you have to go hunting for these things. It's not like, and you think, yeah, that would look good in my stadium. But I just can't see it, not with uh, the licenses to, uh, with Subutio. Um, I just can't see it happening. I, I wish it really, really could. But sort of, uh, there's no direction. I mean, if they looked at the people around uh, who who loves the beauty and your, your podcast, for example, to Collector, and you just look around and sort of see the love for the game, and Table Football Monthly is really what got me back into it. Um, you just see the love for the, the collections and the things they do. Um, if they was involved in with the license holders, Providing they they had that the money, which I don't think they, they want to spend the money because people don't play ball games, table football games anymore. It's all gaming. So uh, it's, it's a tough one. It's...
0: Gareth Christie agrees with Trevor about the role that the brand will play in the future development of products. Unlike Trevor, though, he thinks that the range of products as people within the community demand them. I think that
9: the Sabio brand itself will probably always be around. Or I think, yeah, I think the Sabio brand itself will be around for a a good while. I don't expect anything to happen with it in terms of manufacturing. But I think the pretty much all the yeah all the all the small businesses or uh, homemakers are sort of they'll continue to push the game forward um, by collaborating and making products that are actually needed um, for the community, uh, sort of built for the players and the community, um, as opposed to... Yeah, so it's basically a designed for need rather than designed for profit, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, the, the people that are making accessories for the game whether it's pitches or goals, um, you know, tables, different kind of bases, hand-painted figures, um, decal figures, you can pretty much get anything that you want. And I think it will continue to, with the, you know, 3D printing becoming more accessible um, and people are more and more used to having Limited edition or special things made for them. And um, I think that that'll be the future of, of the game is um, so everyone has the kind of things the way they want them and they'll have their own particular setup and they'll enjoy sharing that online. And um, yeah, they'll create their own story about why they've, you know, had these things made or why they made them themselves. And um, yeah, those stories will become more and more important. Um and again that'll help connect people together and grow the game as a whole. And um, yeah, help more people to connect online through that as well uh, by sharing all this stuff. So um yeah, I think driven by um uh, yeah, grow growing the community again, just a continuation of what's happening now with the online groups. Um, Yeah, through collaboration of uh, stories and um, creating accessories and, and all the components that we need. So
0: far, it's all been doom and gloom with regard to the brand. Stuart Grant, on the other hand, thinks that the next year in particular will be important for the Subutio community. Here he is making a very bold prediction about what he thinks will happen in the next 12 months.
5: One prediction. I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to predict something all out and I'm going to go against the trend that I think I would normally be on. I'm going to predict that 2022 is going to be a bloody good year for Subutio. The community is going to keep growing together. It's going to get massive. It's just something about, it's it's the 75th anniversary of Subutio. So I'm going to put, oh, I'm going to put it all out there and say this, that the actual license holders of Subutio will do something. And they will try and bring the community involved with their products. And I think the next year is going to be huge. We're all going to have a massive party to celebrate 75 years of Subutio. We're going to grow even stronger. And the people that actually own the game are finally going to get involved with us, the community. That's a bold statement. that's That's really bold. And I'm going out on a limb, but I just I don't know something about it. Subutio Fest this year, I think that's going to grow. That will grow next year. It's a big year for the game. Yeah, I think the yeah honestly, Longshore are finally going to do something big.
0: Stephen Huddle is extremely knowledgeable about the brand. Here he is giving us his view on what he thinks the future holds for Subutio, the brand.
1: Okay, I'll, st- I'll stick to the brand because I think I know a little bit more about the brand than I do the the, the sort of game of table football. I think there's people who know that area and I'm not one of them. Um, I think in terms of the brand, um, the, the, there's a lot of discussion about, about the Sputio brand and, and you'll hear different opinions whether you know the brand is essentially dead, whether it's even useful as a brand anymore or whether table football is now table football and Sputio is fairly useless. Um, I don't agree with that. Now, as long as the brand is being looked at after in the way it is, I don't think as a brand it will grow. But I do think that as a sport, uh, as a game and something that people play, the name Sabutio will always be attached to that. And if the table football side of things grows for the casual fan, the casual collector, then Sabutio name will grow. My prediction will be that there will be very few exciting new products to come out of the official Subutio brand. My optimistic prediction would be that at some point in the future, whoever is looking after the Subutio brand at that point in the future will begin to collaborate with the huge amount of people making um, 3D printing, painting, um, organising tournaments and actually doing things around the game of table football and perhaps lend the brand to it, support it in some way. And I do feel like Subutio has been splintered for a long, long time in terms of Subutio, table football and the various groups. Um, my prediction would be that they will probably begin to to come closer and eventually it will begin to merge and become one thing again. Now, that's me being very optimistic, but we're already seeing bits and pieces of that. We're seeing the English Subutio Association has announced a partnership with um, Longshore, who own the Subutio brands. That's a positive. Um, we're seeing table football tournaments incorporating old-style Subutio tournaments alongside them and more casual tournaments alongside them, which, again, is a positive thing. Um, And as I say, we're seeing the Subutio brand itself being used all over the place by all sorts of people because it's genuinely loved around the world, not just in the UK. And I think eventually all those things will collide and there may be some disagreements and it may not be a nice, clean Joining together, but I do think that will all come together and it will be a really positive thing when it does.
0: But I want to end on a positive note. Fred Ellisbaugh has always been extremely upbeat about the hobby. What predictions would he like to make about the game in his native Germany?
2: Uh, one prediction uh my i'm going to play the optimistic the naive optimistic i think germany will host uh nice uh europa league in the future of subudio a nice champions league uh of subudio and also a nice world cup of Subutu in the future. So in a couple of years, we're going to see Germany also hosting the big, big events of Subutu, uh in the world. Europa League, Champions League and, and the World Cup. That's my prediction for the future of the, for the German Subudio.
0: And so we come to the end of the episode and indeed the end of the podcast. Before signing off, I'd like to thank everyone who has contributed to the project over the last year when i began this podcast way back in october of 2020 i believed that it would be listened to by no more than a handful of enthusiasts as it happens it has been listened to by hundreds of people in more than 30 countries ranging from the uk to iran from australia to the netherlands this project has also allowed me the opportunity to talk to people within the sabutia community many of whom worked tirelessly to promote the game across numerous platforms and to secure for it a future beyond our current generation of players, collectors, painters and stadium builders. All of these contributors I now like to think of as friends. And for me, that has been the power of the community. I haven't just conducted interviews with people over the course of the last 12 months. I've chatted with friends about Subutio and this has been great. So for the last time, I want to thank everyone who has given their valuable time to the podcast. I'm never one to say never, but for the meantime, that's it. I may return with one of specials if there are stories to tell, but for now, it's time to bring down the curtain on Finger flicking Good. I hope you have enjoyed listening to it as much as I have enjoyed making it. Finger Flickin' Good was an airtime production. It was written and presented by Lee Here, with contributions from Elliot Belfontaine, Martin O'Grady, Gareth Christie, Jason Christopher, Trevor Cowdrey, Alan Crampton, Paul Darts, Fred Ellis Powell, Stuart Grant, Stephen Harrell, Ross Mankovich, Phil Marsden, Andre Moura, Paul Pearson, Craig Stewart, Simon Stewart, Carwin Tirwin, and Lawrence Watson. The theme music is Drive. It was written and produced specially for the programme by Campbell Air of The Creature Appeal. Please check them out on Apple Music, Amazon Music and Spotify.